1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, developmental and behavioral pediatrician and professor emeritus at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. April is Autism Awareness Month. Buildings are turned blue at night trying to raise the awareness of this disorder that affects up to 1 in 68 individuals. Today, we have Mississippi's Secretary of State, Delbert Hoseman, and the Vice President of Government Affairs for Autism Speaks, Lori Nubb, with us to shed some light on what's going on and what needs to be done. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio.
2: Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. The Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is moving to cut off an expected Democratic filibuster of President Trump's Supreme Court nominee, Neil Gorsuch.
3: Due to the threat of an unprecedented partisan filibuster, I'll file cloture on the nomination of Judge Neil Gorsuch to be an Associate Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. It should be unsettling to everyone that our colleagues across the aisle have brought the Senate to this new low. And on such an impressive nominee with such broad bipartisan support.
2: But the Democrats would argue that it's equally unsettling. The Republican majority didn't even bother to give former President Obama's nominee, Merrick Garland, a hearing, let alone a vote. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is ordering a broad review of the Justice Department's agreements to overhaul local police practices. And NPR's Kerry Johnson says the DOJ now wants to delay a hearing on a proposed agreement to reform the Baltimore Police Department. Jeff Sessions wants the Justice Department to partner with local law enforcement, not investigate them. In a memo to prosecutors, Sessions says
0: police morale and public safety are paramount. He's signaling a cutback and in new investigations of police wrongdoing. And he wants to reopen deals the Obama Justice Department struck with local police. A federal judge is considering the request to delay a hearing in Baltimore. And city officials there say they want to proceed with any reforms. Carrie Johnson, NPR News, Washington.
2: The U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services has reopened applications for H-1B visas. They're granted to temporary foreign workers filling professional positions, mostly in the IT sector. India, because it produces a stream of workers with math and engineering degrees, by far has been the biggest beneficiary. And as NPR's Julie McCarthy reports from New Delhi, it's closely watching new twists in the process.
0: Seventy percent of the successful candidates in the H-1B visa lottery historically have been from India. Immigration experts expect those numbers to broadly continue despite recent violence in the United States, including the fatal shooting of an Indian engineer in Kansas in February. India's giant outsourcing firms typically submit tens of thousands of H-1B applications increasing the odds of winning the lottery that began monday however the trump administration says it will begin site visits to companies with a high ratio
2: of h-1b visas to ensure that the system does not disadvantage u.s workers julie mccarthy NPR news new delhi russian investigators suspect yesterday's deadly attack on a st petersburg subway was carried out by a russian citizen from kyrgyzstan possible suicide bomber Local media report the bomber had Islamist extremist ties, but no group has claimed responsibility for the attack that killed 14 people and wounded 50 others. You're listening to NPR News. There have been more protests in Ecuador over the outcome of an election there. NPR's Philip Reeves says the demonstrations are being
3: led by the losing candidate. Ecuador's election is ending in Discord. Leftist governments around Latin America are sending congratulations to the winning candidate, Lenin Moreno. Politics in the region have shifted to the right in recent years. Moreno's narrow victory by just a couple of percentage points is being seen as bucking that trend. But his opponent, Guillermo Lasso, a conservative banker, is challenging the outcome, alleging fraud. Several thousand of Lasso's supporters gathered in the streets of the capital, Quito, for a second night, But the protest was far more peaceful than election night when a crowd tried to storm the Electoral Council's headquarters. Philip Reeves, NPR News.
2: Pope Francis is appointing a second official to oversee the Vatican office that handles sexual abuse cases involving priests. He has name on senior John Kennedy to lead the discipline section of the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. The Reverend Hans Zoller, a prominent figure in the Church for Fighting Child Molestation, was recently named as advisor to the Vatican's office. The shakeup comes at a time when the Holy See is under renewed scrutiny over its response to clerical sexual abuse. The NCAA will consider fo- allowing championship events to be held in North Carolina again and for the state roll back a law that had limited protections for LGBT people. The governing body of college basketball says while it's still concerned about elements that remain unchanged, it says the law now meets minimal NCAA requirements. This is NPR News.
4: Support for NPR comes from Constant Contact. With email marketing features like drag and drop editing and mobile friendly templates, Constant Contact is committed to helping small businesses and nonprofits become marketers. Learn more at constantcontact.com. This is Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. And now, Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio.
1: Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. This is Relatively Speaking. And April is Autism Awareness Month. Over the last few years, buildings are turned blue at night trying to raise awareness of this disorder, autism spectrum disorder, that affects In some areas, up to 1 in 68 individuals. Today, we are honored to have Mississippi's Secretary of State, Delbert Hoseman, and the Vice President of Government Affairs for Autism Speaks, Laurie Nubb, with us to help us shed a little bit of light on what's going on with this disorder. Why are the numbers increasing? What are the services out there? And whether or not we're really taking care of our individuals who have this, this disorder. Some concerns too about are we identifying it early enough. So before we get to our guest, I just wanted to Um, remind you a little bit just very quickly I know we've talked about it on this show before about what autism is Um, but just a quick reminder autism spectrum disorder it's a developmental disability that can cause significant social communication and behavioral difficulties Um, typically you cannot see anything this person who has ASD, as we'll call it from now on, um, they, they look like you or I look, um, but they may communicate and interact and behave differently and um, sometimes have difficulty uh, with particular learning challenges and particularly with communication and socialization now the the sort of new data has showed has shown that um, over fifty percent of individuals with ASD have normal intelligence, so these are individuals who can really communicate to our society, um, as long as we help them overcome some of the challenges. Now, ASD used to have lots of different names, um, autistic disorder, pervasive developmental disorder, Asperger syndrome, and now all those disorders are couched under that one umbrella of autism spectrum disorder. So like I said in the promo, um, the CDC estimates that there are 1 in 68 children identified with autism spectrum disorder. But something that's interesting about this is the numbers are higher in areas where the services are better. So are we under identifying individuals in other areas, other states, other countries where perhaps uh, the diagnosis is not clearly understood, uh, the disorder is not clearly understood or the diagnosis is made late? Even in the U.S., even though we know we can diagnose autism spectrum disorder as early as two years of age, The average age of identification is four. That's a lot of time in a young child's life not to have identified a disorder that needs intervention many times the first sign of autism spectrum disorder is speech language delay. And back in January, we talked about this on this show about how do you differentiate autism from speech language, just a clean uh, speech language delay. And it the issue is that typically individuals with autism spectrum disorder have problems with the socialization and the nonverbal communication skills, not just verbal language, but also nonverbal, reading gestures, reading body language, that those issues that are so incredibly important to have when you're trying to socialize and get people to understand what you're trying to tell them. So, um, I believe that we have our esteemed Secretary of State, Delbert Hoseman, now in with us. Um, Is that correct, Sam?
5: It is
3: correct.
1: Good. So, can we bring him on in? I'd love... Yeah, he's in right now. Oh, hi. Hi.
3: Hey, Dr. Butters, how are you?
1: I am wonderful, and I want to thank you so much, Secretary, for joining us and spending your time
3: with us. Thank you. It's a great, this is a great public cause, and you were just outlining some of the issues faced by literally thousands of our Mississippi children and and grown-ups, and it's time to address them further, I think.
1: Right. Until... um Probably 10 years ago in Mississippi, we were vastly under-identifying individuals with autism spectrum. I remember... Um Probably about 10 years ago, I started looking at numbers that were identified by the schools. And um, gosh, we have, what, about 800,000 children from uh, birth to 18 or 21, I believe, in Mississippi, which means if one in 68 children have autism spectrum disorder, we should have quite a few, right? And yes, what I found is we had less than a thousand identified back then. Now, I know we're much better now, right?
3: Yes, ma'am. We we are better, but um, unfortunately limited. And uh, the, the fact, that, uh, the limitation comes, one, from the limited number of people like yourself that have the capabilities, uh, physicians that have the capabilities to diagnose this, to also uh, the Individuals like masters, those BCBA's that work with these children, really can identify them much better on the spectrum than, and then maybe a general practice uh, pediatrician or someone like that may may make a diagnosis. So, you're right, and then the schools have <clears throat> have really um, uh, not had the ability to 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 define what what it, when they put in special needs, they put in. Uh, a number of different individuals, some of which may be autistic, some may be others, and autistic children, as you know, uh, oftentimes and most of the time, have way above average intelligence, and they have an auditory problem and, and, and the issues that you've outlined. And in, in addition to that, we've got... Um, i got it. a second. In addition to that, uh, there was a Supreme Court case that came out last week um, uh, Andrew F., who's a minor, versus the Douglas County School District. And, and in it, it addressed the, the care that has to be provided to autistic children. And it is a game changer uh, for Mississippi and for the country. Right. Uh, before that time, it was that you just had to make de minimis progress for autistic children. Well, the Supreme Court changed that uh, with a stroke of a pen on uh, March the uh, 15th and basically said that you uh, uh, have to have a focus on the particular child, and they, these particular children have a right to make progress appropriate in light of the child's circumstances, and that merely de minimis uh, progress from year to year is not does not meet the Individuals with Disability Act, IDEA, Individuals with Disability Education Act. And therefore, it has sent all of the public schools back to the drawing board right. uh, about what their individual uh, education program is. And it, it needs to be reasonably calculated to enable the child to make progress appropriate in the light of his circumstances. So I think you'll find now with this federal, with the Supreme Court ruling, uh, that we'll have more and more time and attention spent by our public education on, on these individual issues.
1: Right. That, that, I don't know, listeners, if you completely understand the significance of that, uh, court ruling, but un, until now, as Secretary Hoseman has just said, um, you just had to sort of give minimal services and prove that they were making some, some kind of progress. progress and and, and, and so them. now what it says is that's that's not enough that's not enough you need to look at the child you need to make sure you're giving them appropriate services and that they are making significant progress so i i was so heartened to hear that and um, now, one thing I'd like for you to talk to us about um, also is the Mississippi Autism Board because yes. you brought up something that we've struggled with over the years. We don't have enough people to diagnose, but we really don't have enough people to treat these children yes. with autism spectrum once they're diagnosed. But Mississippi made some changes. Um, will you tell us a little bit about that, Secretary? Yeah, we,
3: were, we were pleased to work with members of the Mississippi legislature, uh, Senator, Rita Parks from was particularly strong from North Mississippi and Corinth area, and Steve Massingale, uh, another Carolyn Crawford. We had, a number of different members of the legislature really took up the banner here. And we passed insurance coverage for uh, for these, and, and Blue Cross Blue Shield was instrumental in supporting this, and now their policies cover the the treatment for autistic uh, children as well as the state policy and, and Medicare and Medicaid now is is uh, going to cover uh, treatment for these individuals. And what's happening is uh, the Mississippi Autism Board came out of that legislation two years ago, and they have already certified 33 of these master's individuals that can outline a program for each child. If you look at this, it's kind of like a pyramid. Uh, First is a diagnosis done by a physician and whatnot, and then these these master's people are called BCBAs, these masters people that we're now li- licensing in Mississippi to perform these services come up with a plan for that child. Then they have what these what's called RBTs, which are the individuals that have forty hours of training and maybe a junior college or college degree. They work with these children in, in half an hour increments or hour increments on a one-on-one basis under the guidance uh, outlined by the physician and the master's program. So uh, the we have now in place a structure. To, to address each individual child's needs and each individual's progress is wide variations on this spectrum, and and these now children will be able to be diagnosed by competent individuals, first the physicians, then the master's program, and then treated by these licensed individuals that have that have these this kind of experience, and it is a huge breakthrough for uh, for Mississippi, uh, and, and later than it should have been, uh, but as you may know, Mississippi was the first case where. A gentleman in forest uh, uh, about fifty years ago was the first diagnosed case of autism right and right. He's still alive today, and these individuals, of course, we hope will progress through to have meaningful lives and and be employed and all the other things that we want for for any person in our society so we we made great progress in the last two years in getting insurance coverage, getting more people licensed and but clearly, uh, particularly the supreme Court ruling that you, that you just outlined each school in Mississippi uh, will have to have this kind of individual employed there and uh, in meetings like with Rankin County here is a great excellent school district they they think they may have 150 of these uh, of these individuals that are on the autism spectrum so treating 150 children on an individual basis to ensure that they're making adequate progress and appropriate progress is uh, uh is uh, certainly well deserved and will be um uh um, they'll have to be very active to meet these standards, and and I assume I know all the schools will be very interested in going forward with this. But uh, we'll we'll see a good many changes, I think, in Mississippi public education over this.
1: That's that's really great to hear, um, Secretary. Will you ta- talk to us a little bit too about the event coming up tomorrow?
3: Oh, yes, ma'am, Doc. We tomorrow it is Autism Awareness Month, of course, and we are very excited to have come to Mississippi the vice president for autism speaks the national level they raise over 100 million dollars a year to for research for
1: research they're a wonderful organization
3: they're they're a nonprofit organization and they do research and then they have a call line and they distribute packets on for people that are they're diagnosing these children how to treat and how to act and things they need to do just a phenomenal thing well the vice president the whole thing is coming to mississippi uh, tomorrow morning, she'll be in the Capitol along with the head of the Autism Board, uh, uh, individual moms with, with children that are f- affected by autism. We'll, we'll have a press conference from 11 to 1130, and then we have a roundtable discru- discussion with um, with people from the junior college system, from moms that have this, uh, individual uh, private schools that are addressing this, uh, a whole gamut of things that starts about noon. And we'll be live uh, streamed on, on Facebook. And so we'll be getting that out here in a little bit. And you can call our office and we'll give you this, the Facebook contacts. But
1: right. I'll be, be there. I believe the press conference starts at 11 a.m. Is that correct?
3: 11 a.m. at the state capitol. Yeah. Everyone, of course, is invited. And, and we'll have uh, Jim speak, uh, who's head of the Autism Board. Uh, Lori will speak, who's coming in and um, from Autism Speaks. And, and we have some other individuals that have autistic children will uh, we'll discuss what goes on with them. We'll have a message from the governor, that kind of thing, and then we go to the hard work, which will be uh, this roundtable discussion in the ca- in the state capital, actually, and uh, we'll, that will probably last an hour hour and a half. And, and as I say, if you miss that, we'll be we'll be posting it on the secretary of state's website and the autism board's website so people can look at it. I expect some good ideas to come out of that as we're facing really a changing world uh, in this area this
1: sounds exciting and wonderful and thank you so much for helping your office has been great at organizing this and reaching out to others and um, thank you for your hard work in this area, Secretary Husband. we really appreciate it. I know the, all, all of us in the state who either have children with autism spectrum or are, are working hard to diagnose and treat um, really appreciate the work that you, you have done.
3: Well that's so- this, this is something we we were a little we were behind in, quite frankly, as a state. We we're catching up quickly, and uh, as as we opened that door, we found many people like yourself, the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and others that have all pitched in here to address this issue. There is no cure for this, and there is no uh, no determination as to cause. So we we all struggle with the fact that we we recognize that one in every sixty eight births here in Mississippi are going to be afflicted with autism, and we we have a long term. Uh, hopefully, these will live their full extended life and a fruitful life in Mississippi. So this is a short and a long term issue. We'll we'll be talking about long term care some tomorrow, but it it is something that we need to address in Mississippi. I, I doubt if there's anybody really out there now that doesn't have a church member or a family member or down the street that that hasn't been affected by this by this epidemic that we have here
1: oh. Ex- exactly and not just here but across the US but certainly in Mississippi we need to make sure that the that everyone's aware of what it is, and understands that the earlier the diagnosis is made, the better. But not just the diagnosis; the earlier the child gets into appropriate treatment, we have seen some wonderful outcomes in individuals who get very early treatment. Um, but
3: it's a critical the diagnosis. And- got a working mom at home and uh, coming home and trying to figure this out it's very difficult and sometimes we postpone just because there's not enough time in the day to hold a full-time job raise the other children and deal with this so they they really struggle and they need our help a lot and you're right i, I went to israel uh and I, I'll, I'll let you go you've got other gifts but i went to israel uh maybe a year or so ago and met with all of their people who are doing their research, their doctors and whatnot, on autism there. And they, they are too, are progressing along, and uh, they have individual army units there. They have a lot of research there. They they have a uh, public health system where they've got good research information. And it, there, it was very encouraging to see that around the world people are working on this, not only here in Israel, but all over the world. It affects everyone, and and, and we really don't know why. Right. So, So anyway, uh, I appreciate so much you giving us time to talk about it. Everybody's welcome tomorrow at their state capitol for the press conference and then to stay over for the roundtable at noon.
1: Well, thank you so much for taking your time, uh, your valuable time to to be with us today. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your work and keep up the good work for us. Um, And I'll see you tomorrow.
3: Yeah, don't forget to wear blue.
1: I'll wear blue. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much. So we just got through talking with Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman um, about autism spectrum disorder and and what's going on, how we're trying to increase awareness. We're going to go to a break, but um, when we get back, we'll have the Autism Speaks Vice President of State Government Affairs on the line with us, and she will with me answer any questions that you might have about autism what it is maybe you have some comments about the struggles you've had with your own child or your only family member or, or maybe just um is it really that common? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 or you can send an email to family at org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We'll be right back.
3: Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio.
5: Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo for Southern Remedy. Each Wednesday, we answer your calls on health issues of interest to you. They range from medical questions on kids, young adults, baby boomers, and seniors. Whatever you need to know. Join me for Southern Remedy tomorrow morning at 11 on
4: MPB Think Radio. Listen to stories and shows. Go to mpbonline.org.
2: Amy Mann made new wave music in the 80s with her group Till Tuesday, and she went solo in the 90s. Today, her songs are about people going through tough stuff.
0: Internal struggles are just very interesting, and I have a
2: lot of compassion
0: for how difficult it can be.
2: I'm Kelly McEvers, Amy Mann's latest album, Mental Illness, this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News.
4: Today at 4 on MPB Think Radio. It's so this is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments. Call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org.
1: This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we are talking about Autism Awareness Month. That's this month. Um, Buildings turn blue. We're trying to raise awareness about the disorder. We've talked about the fact that 1 in 68 individuals have autism spectrum. Um, The numbers have been on the rise over the last 20 years. Is it better diagnosis? Is it um, something else going on? We still don't know the cause of ASD. We also um, know that early identification and treatment can make a big difference, but there's no cure as of yet. So early discovery is the best thing we can do while we're looking for the cause and looking on what we can do to try to prevent more of this disorder. But right now, we're working on the best outcome. So, um, we had, uh, before our first break, Secretary Delbert Hoseman, Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman, telling us about... press conference it's going on tomorrow at the State Capitol in the rotunda on the second floor I believe it's at 11 and now I'm so excited to bring in uh, Laurie Unip, who is Autism Speaks Vice President of State Government Affairs. She is um, with an organization that does amazing things. Hundreds of millions of dollars um, go into this area to look at research and treatment and um, Autism Speaks is a a group that's dedicated to promoting solutions across the spectrum and throughout the lifespan, remembering that typically individuals with autism spectrum are not just children. They live um, usually long lives and many times very productive if they are helped to get in the right direction through the treatment. So Autism Speak also works on advancing research and I am so excited that Lori, who is a very busy, busy individual, has agreed to call in and help me answer questions that you might have. We have a caller, but let's first welcome Lori. Lori, good morning.
0: Good morning. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you for calling in. And I I guess you're not here in our state yet. Is that correct?
0: That's right. I'm calling from my office in Columbia, South Carolina, but I am headed to your state tonight and looking forward to the big press conference tomorrow at the state capitol.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. I know I've been um, involved in reviewing some things for Autism Speaks in the past as far as um, a- applied for grants and know that it's, a, it's a very much vetted. You really look um, hard at any kind of research that you do. And um, tell us a little bit more about uh, your group and what you do.
0: Well, thanks for the opportunity to share about Autism Speaks. We were founded about a decade ago, a little bit more than a decade ago, by a grandfather of a young man with autism named Bob Wright. And uh, Bob and his wife, Suzanne, um, uh, Bob was the president of NBC News and was um, just uh, very disappointed in the state of affairs surrounding autism spectrum disorder at the time his grandson was diagnosed So Bob and Suzanne um, put their considerable um, efforts and persuasion and finances and resources uh, behind uh, founding this new nonprofit organization, Autism Speaks, uh, with a goal to change the future for those affected by autism, both by scientific research, by supporting people conducting research into autism all over the country and all over the world, also by uh, providing better services or, or connecting people to better services um, who, are, who are already struggling with autism nail. Um, and right. then the part that I work on is the um, making – policy change to improve the lives of people with autism. So we've been very active across the spectrum, if you will, for people on the spectrum.
1: Right. And just like Secretary Hoseman mentioned, um, having that court ruling that said just minimal progress is not enough um, was just, I think, something that will help parents uh, be able to really work toward getting not just minimal services but really excellent appropriate services and i think that's something that autism speaks helps with also is making sure that whatever treatments out there are evidence-based that the research shows that they really make a difference right lori
0: absolutely we're completely committed to the science and and the evidence behind the treatments and the approaches that we recommend to our families And I have to take a moment to brag on my husband, Dan, who is also an attorney, and and he wrote um, the the only amicus brief on behalf of autism families um, trying to urge the Supreme Court to take that case, the Andrew F. case that Uh that recently was decided. So we do think that that's a big step in the right direction. Um, It's yet to be seen how the lower courts will, uh, how it will play out in the lower courts, but for the Supreme Court of the United States to finally acknowledge that just providing this minimal level of educational benefit is not
1: sufficient. It's not it's enough. A very big deal. Very big deal. Right. Well, give your husband a great big hug from all of us here in Mississippi I will. I <laughs> and sure in will. the surrounding states. Um, Lori, let's go to our first caller. We have Mandy in New Albany, Mississippi. Good morning, Mandy. Thanks for calling.
6: Good morning. I would like to um, just make a comment, then I would like to hang up so I can listen. Okay. But um, first, I want to thank you um, for the lady that was just on from Autism Speak Shop, because we have been on their website, and their resources have helped us so much. So thank you so much. And um, secondly, I was listening to your conversation with the secretary. And he had mentioned um, about the resources that have become available um, because of the result of the Supreme Court ruling and all the positive things that may start happening at the schools, which is very exciting for me. But I would like to make a comment just as a parent for um, a child with autism. My son was diagnosed two years ago, and that was because we had been gone going to the pediatrician and going to different therapists, and eventually we asked for him to be tested. And he came back to be um, on the autism spectrum. So since then, we have been, I feel like, treading through mud in dark, in the dark where we don't really know where to go. Um, We were not aware of all the services that are available to us, um, all the programs that he qualifies for and we would hear things from a friend, and then we would have to look into it. Um, so my comment is that I I feel that it might be helpful if um, the physicians, the um, people who make the diagnosis, if there could be somewhere that we can find even a list of the services that can be available to children with autism. And secondly, because of um, the low... Number of people providing services, I know everyone has to have to deal with um, a waiting list. We have been waiting for about 16 months for our local ABA therapy um, center. And um, during this time, we still didn't know what to do with our child. You know, he still bangs his head. He still hits. He still shrieks. And he still has behavior outbursts that we've had to explain to people why he does that. Mm-hmm. And we've had to buy books and we have to look things up. You know, how to how do we deal with him yeah. during the time that we're waiting? So, um, and I know a lot of family deals with that. Um, right. Eventually, I came across a book and it was written by a registered nurse who got upset enough. And she went and got licensed to be an ABA therapist herself. So I said, well, I can do that. You know, I started looking up um, on being licensed. And it's actually a very difficult thing because we don't have a school, you know, around here. Um, I would have to take – I would have to travel. I would have to leave my family
1: yeah um, and mandy certainly that 's not the solution i um, trying to get all parents trained to be the certified aBA therapist would certainly not be the solution and um i 'm sorry to hear Mandy is in uh, New Albany is in far north Mississippi which um does have services, some services in the area as far as I know. The University of Mississippi Medical Center, K Center, our Center for the Advancement of Youth, where we do um, at UMMC most of our uh, diagnosis, at least, um, is um, in central Mississippi. So those of you who don't know, um, New Albany is what, about three hours away. So not close. um, Difficult to to access. Um, Mandy, I, I'm not sure why you have waited so long. How, may I ask how old your child is?
6: He just turned
1: five. Okay. So the there is, as you probably know, a birth to three early intervention service. And in all of our our physicians who see children should know this. It's a federally funded program that should give services from birth to three. And then at three, the public school districts are supposed to take it up. So the public school districts should do an evaluation. They should engage in helping arrange appropriate treatment for your child. Now, this new court ruling just happened. So it may make a difference in empowering parents to be able to push the schools to do more. But um I think you're right. I will say and Lori, you may um Agree with me that this is probably not Mississippi unique. There are physicians out there who still don't know what the appropriate services are, who still don't know. And we work very hard at the University of Mississippi Medical Center to train our residents. But, you know, the people who were trained 20, 30 years ago do not have the same information. So um, now it's just working to educate everybody and, and Hopefully, help you access services. We do have a website. We are working on trying to get statewide resources so that parents can go to it. But I know Autism Speaks also keeps a website with resources in different areas, right, Lori?
0: We do. And, and Mandy, thank you for your kind comments about Autism Speaks. One of the things we provide well, first of all, we provide a very popular toolkit called our 100-day kit that has been a great resource for thousands and thousands of families recommending steps that you take during the first 100 days after your child is diagnosed. Now, your child is beyond that period now. I understand that. We also do have a resource library that you can search by state or by zip code to find resources. But I understand your dilemma, Mandy. You know where resources are. You just can't get them for your child. And Many of us have found ourselves in that situation. I, I also have two children um, on the spectrum, so I, I perfectly understand. And it is partially, as Dr. Buttress says, it's partially about educating the medical community so that they know what to recommend. I mean, I recall very clearly with my own first child's diagnosis that they gave us the diagnosis. Your child has autistic disorder and then just kind of sent us off. Mm. And I thought, wait, wait, where's the instruction? Right. Papers? you know, please tell me what to do. Ultimately, I did figure out that ABA therapy was what was needed for him. And and Mandy, it sounds like you have figured that out as well, but you're just having difficulty getting services at the intensity level that your child needs. And um, while the schools certainly do have an obligation, there's a birth to three program, as Dr. Buttress mentioned, and then the schools have an obligation after that, the whole reason that we at Autism Speaks have... Um, have worked so hard to get insurance companies covering ABA for children with autism is because we need to tap into those additional funding streams, the insurance industry, the Medicaid system, to ensure that children are getting not only what they need from the school system to to access the educational curriculum, but what they need to treat their entire condition because autism doesn't stop at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when the school bell rings. So it's imperative that the insurance, um, the healthcare companies, the insurance companies, and Medicaid all play a role. And, of course, that's the legislation that, that Mississippi uh, passed recently. Um, it's still got some limitations in it. And so um, I, I think as a state, you, you do need to look at strengthening that legis- legislation and rolling out your Medicaid coverage in a, in a meaningful way, reimbursed at adequate rates, so that coverage will be, and, and services will be, more widely available to people throughout the state.
1: Right. Thanks um, for your call, Mandy. Thanks again. And I hope your your struggles with your son improve. And certainly if if there's any, if you would like to send an email to family at mpbonline.org to me, I will be happy to see if I can maybe help you access services um, any further. So good luck. Um, Hopefully uh, your son will progress well. So thanks for your call, and and Lori, um, I will certainly agree with you. Uh, though we have had some uh, legislation that has been passed that says insurance companies will cover, Medicaid will cover. Um, it's got some some areas that are some some gap areas, and unfortunately, it only covers until eight. and And like I said before, it's not like autism goes away at eight years of age. So we, we have some work to do. We need to keep moving forward and um, hopefully we'll continue to make progress. Well, Frank's been very patient. Let's go to Frank and Jackson. Frank, you have some comments about funding?
5: Yeah, I hate to rain on the uh, the public officials parade, but typically in Mississippi and it's this entire country, we make symbolic steps, and in America, if you don't put money behind it, you really just you're know, you really just trying to fool people. The good news is that there are studies out over the last 20 years that indicate that in societies where there is income, just uh, inequalities, the more inequality you have in the income, the lower the life expectancy of the inhabitants including the rich. Um, uh, Rich people in the United States typically die five to seven years sooner than rich people in other parts of the world. This situation that we have services that we need and legislation is passed and no money is is delegated, that is a middle-class problem. And hopefully this Trump phenomenon will awaken Americans up to the power that they have. We have been taught for the last 35 years that america is a poor country that we can't afford this we can't afford that and that is ridiculous this is the wealthiest nation in the history of mankind yet we let a small percentage of people doctors included who are in the top seven percent of earners basically saying that we don't want to pay a equitable share the entire society kept the grip.
1: Okay, don't. Frank, I understand where you're coming from. And and I agree with you in that many times we have legislation passed or laws passed or court rulings. But the unfortunate thing is that we don't have money behind to support it. And certainly one of our issues that we've had is um, I think everybody agrees that the earlier we can get these children into Treatment the better. That makes great sense. But as everyone heard, Mandy is certainly um, speaking for the masses who have tried to access services. They end up on these inordinate wait lists where they can't get the services. Now, the good news is we, we do have training programs here now that are training ABA therapists. We do have training programs um, to train the, the RBTs who are supposed to be assistants in helping to implement the therapy. We just need to get more, and we need to move forward more quickly. Um, Lori, these aren't uncommon problems that one hears in other states, right?
0: Of course not. Um, every state, to varying degrees, has grappled with exactly these issues. And I applaud the autism families in Mississippi and around the country who have made their voices heard. That's exactly the way to get some funding behind these services. And, of course, when you're when you're talking about private health insurance, you're not asking for money from the state. Um, that's reimbursed through the premiums that people already pay. But when you're looking at public systems like Medicaid or the education system, it is a matter of fighting for those dollars. But the autism community has been very effective over the last decade of educating legislators and other policymakers about the needs of of our children and about what a good investment it is um, to see that our children get the treatment that they need as young as possible Um, Because then, as as you said in the introduction, many of them can become contributing members of society. They can become taxpayers. Exactly. And that's what, as parents, we all um, are hoping for, for our children with autism.
1: Right. Well, we're going to take one more break. This is Relatively Speaking. We have been talking with Lori and who is the Vice President of State Government Affairs on Autism Spectrum Disorder and what we need to do and the fact that this is a disorder that affects one in 68 individuals. And it doesn't mean that they can't be contributing members of our society, but we have to treat them appropriately and identify them quickly. So when we get back, we're we're happy to hear from you. Any questions that you have? Lori, can you stay with us? I can. Okay. I so we have a few more minutes. Give us a call at 1877-MPB ring. That's 877 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is relatively speaking. We'll be right back.
4: You're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners.
0: If you have a vehicle that you no longer need and is collecting dust, we have a solution. Donate it to MPB. Your donation will go towards supporting your favorite programs that keep the community informed. To get more information about our car donation program, call us at
6: 877-MPB-4-CAR or visit mpbonline.org slash support.
4: To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 7464 Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org.
1: and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and today we are talking about Autism Awareness Month. Um, the capital is going to turn blue. We have a... Uh, uh, Press conference coming up tomorrow on the second floor of the Rotunda to celebrate and encourage folks to participate in this month and helping better recognize and advocate for treatment of ASD. That's going on tomorrow at 11 a.m. Um, we today have Lori Unib, who is Autism Speaks Vice President of State Government Affairs, and we've been talking about, just in general, some of the issues of accessing the services that others need. So we're going to go right on back to the phones. Um, we have Darlene and Jackson. Darlene, you have some questions? Um, yes.
6: Um, earlier you had mentioned that you were trying to put together a website with some resources. And then you went to Lori and you didn't mention what that website
1: was. Oh, I'm sorry, Darlene. Our our website is uh, the Center for the Advancement of Youth at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And um, at present we are in the building stage of getting everything updated. And uh, I know a lot of work is being done in it right now. I was just looking at it. It's going to have some great ways uh, to access this services right now there are other um services out there under the a uh, couple of other websites I know our um the i'm sorry I'm just blanking we have a um Local, I need someone to call in. I know they are listening. Um, if there are some other websites that have resources out there, and I will get them posted on our Facebook page, um, Darlene, because there are already resources out there. But if you will access the Center for the Advancement of Youth um, website, I will certainly... Um, Make sure that the services are are posted um soon if they are not up there now, okay.
6: there was also an organization I believe they were called next Step that um worked with um uh, older youth with autism. Have you heard of that program?
1: Next step I have not okay. um I I know that there is uh, there there are several. Is that a national organization, Lori? Do you know anything about that?
0: I don't think I do. Um, I I know a number of organizations that work um, on more lifespan type issues, but I don't believe I've heard of that one.
1: Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I also know that Pam Dollar and her organization for the uh, Mississippi Citizens with Disabilities is, um, also has some great resources out there. Um, so she is, uh, if you Google Pam Dollar's name, um, she's got a couple of websites uh, out there with great information. Pam has a, a son with autism and um, has done a lot of great work, and she'll be on our show later this month.
6: Okay, I believe that's the Coalition for Citizens with Disabilities.
1: That's it, the Coalition for Citizens with Disabilities.
6: Okay. All right, well, thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much, Darlene. Um, let's go next to Audrey and Um Audrey, you have some comments about a camp.
7: Yes. Hi, thank you for having me. I just wanted to say that um, there is a camp, Camp like in Oxford Mississippi um, that is a year-round camp but during the summer of course they offer summer camp programs and um, one week during the summer uh, you'd have to look on their website I apologize I don't have that information but they do have a week where they encourage um, children who have disabilities including autism to come and they um, are able to go through the camp experience like a normal camper with um, you know they're in with other campers and so it's it's a great opportunity for those of you who are looking for something to do this summer um there's also an adult week for adults and i know this is focused primarily on children right now but if anyone is listening who has um is a caretaker of an adult with autism they should also look at camp lake stevens for their week where they um offer camps for adults with autism um anyway i just want to make that known and um,
1: that's all I'd like to say. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, me. Audrey. Thanks for that information. And if you will um, send that information to family at mpbonline.org, we can put that on our Facebook page. I'd be glad to. Just for that information. I've had uh, some patients who have been there, and there are a couple of other uh, camps out there, too. There's one in our area called Camp Kaleidoscope that does a good job yeah. with children with autism spectrum disorder uh thanks for your call laurie um we any last words we've got just a couple of minutes of the show
0: sure i I will add um, in response to the last caller there has been for the last several years at autism speaks a program called the baker summer camp program which has funded scholarships for campers on the spectrum um and there if you if you google baker summer camp program and um, go on the Autism Speaks website, you can see a list of the camps that we've funded over the years. Um, so if you're, if you're looking for a camp, I'm not actually sure if that scholarship is still active. The scholarship program itself is still active, but um, it's still a great resource for people who are looking for camps that are speci- specifically designed for people on the spectrum mm-hmm. or that accommodate people on the spectrum.
1: That sounds great. So that's on your website, Autism Speaks website.
0: That's right, www.autismspeaks.org.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And I so look forward to seeing you tomorrow at the Capitol. Um, and um, everybody out there, if you have time, wear blue, like Secretary Hoseman said. And let's give all our support we can to this month uh, toward autism awareness. But not just this month. Keep in mind that our we've got many children out there who need help, many adults who need work and transition. We'll continue. to talk about the different areas of autism spectrum over this next month on this radio show and we look forward to having more participate and we will gather those resources back to Darlene's question and I'll have those uh, websites um, available next next week for all of you. So thanks again, Lori Unum, Autism Speaks Vice President. Thanks again to Secretary of State, Delbert Hoseman, and thanks to all of our listeners for being with us today. Today's show is engineered by Sam Wells, our call screener, Sharita Berent. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, and stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio.